Hello everyone and welcome to my home in Fluvanna County where I have basically been in quarantine, ooh, I don't know, 21 days so far um, because when I got back from our mission trip to Honduras, I had a mild case of the COVID-19 and my doctor, Dr. McLaughlin, a little shout out to her, I um, is keeping me safe and keeping all of you safe by keeping me at home. So I'm very glad for that. And I'm also glad that um, I get to talk to you by video because I miss everyone so very much. It's really hard to be apart from everyone. I love to see you on Sundays and during the week and hear about how your life is going and how God is showing up in your life and how you hear the scriptures. And I'm really, really missing that. Uh, it has been a Lenten season like no other. Uh, as I was thinking about this sermon today about Palm Sunday, I was reminded of something that N.T. Wright wrote in Time Magazine this week, and let me read it to you. He's talking about church services, and he says, There's a reason we normally try to meet in the flesh. There is a reason solitary confinement is such a severe punishment. And this Lent has no fixed Easter to look forward to. We can't tick off the days. This is a stillness, not of rest, but of poised, anxious sorrow. He adds that humanly we try to find an explanation to why we're suffering and says, no doubt the usual silly suspects will try to tell us why God is doing this to us. Is this a punishment, a warning, a sign? These are knee-jerk, would-be Christian reactions in a culture which generations back embraced rationalism that everything must have an explanation. But supposing it doesn't? Supposing real human wisdom doesn't mean being able to string together some dodgy speculations and say, so that's all right then. So I, I really resonate with that because I think that I want to find an explanation for what's happening. I want to find out exactly, you know, how we can stop it, come, you know, have lots of information to what we can do to make this go away. And then I'm given into my own humanity of feeling so powerless and vulnerable. It really has been a Lent of lament, of knowing that I am powerless and creaturely and vulnerable to things in the world that I do not understand. So into the middle of this anxious vulnerability comes Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday. Speaking directly to each of us, with the power that only scripture has, that there is no human power that can speak the way scripture does. As I read the triumphal entry scripture today from Matthew though, I feel just a little bit of a disconnect with that triumph. Don't you, that triumphal entry? It just seems light years away. When is that for us? The triumphal entry into this life of quarantine. Uh, I want to be free of my basement. I want to be free of my house. Yes, I can walk around outside, but I can't go to the drugstore. I can't go to the grocery store. I can't see you. I just want to embrace people again. But you know, I've been given a gift, I realized, when I was preparing for Palm Sunday this year that I really want to share with you. And that was because in January, you know, I was in Israel. I was in Jerusalem. We were standing on that hill, the very hill that Jesus is talking about with his disciples and asked them to go and get the donkey. It's called the Mount of Olives. And on the Mount of Olives, as you can imagine, there are olives, olive trees. 
Not a lot of palms. I don't know where all the palms come from. There are a couple of palms, but it's mainly olive trees and evergreens and a rocky road, lots of walls that go down from there. But that in between this Mount of Olives and Jerusalem, the city walls of Jerusalem, there is a valley. It's more like a rip in the land than a deep valley. And it is filled with grapes. It's filled with white slabs that are, you know, horizontal sitting on the ground and thousands of them. And they would have been there in Jesus's time. And this is what is called the Kindred Valley, the Kidron Valley. And it's exactly what you hear about in Psalm 23, the valley of the shadow of death. And as Jesus is standing in the Mount of Olives and getting his donkey to walk down this little path through the valley of the shadow of death to go to the gate um, in Jerusalem, in the wall of Jerusalem on the other side of this valley. You know, he has to be thinking about that. He has to be thinking about, he's going through this valley of the shadow of death to enter this city where he will die. He knows he will die there. We know he will die there, even though it's Palm Sunday. So what is the meaning of this for us now, here in the situation that we're in? him going through this valley of the shadow of death. I think it means that he meets us right where we are. You know, he doesn't come into that city on a um, chariot like the Romans would have. He doesn't come in as a victor. He comes in as a humble person who is coming right into their daily lives. He's at their eye level. The people are so grateful they throw their clothes on the ground. Yes, there are psalms there, but psalms are really just a symbol to us of the surrender that they're feeling. You know, these people in Jerusalem at that time were also in quarantine. They were not safe in their streets. They were only in their homes. There were lots of rules from the Roman occupation, and they were in need of uh, liberation, a free, free life. Um, there were lots of rules in their lives. And as Jesus enters the city, they feel that hope of liberation, of being able to be freed from the confinement that they've been feeling through all of the pietistic rules and all of the following the law that they cannot find and cannot follow on their own. They need the freedom that we need because we're doing the same thing. We are trying to feel free as we try and figure out the situation and what can we do to be out of our bondage. But what will our daily life look like? What does it look like now without the busyness, without the distraction, without school, without work? My daily life looks very different than it did. And when I think of Christ coming into my daily life. It's coming into this place where I feel like almost every day I'm on some sort of precipice, looking down into that valley of the shadow of death, saying, what is this about, God? I need you to help me, to lead me, to be there with me. So I'd like to go into that daily life just a little bit and think about what it looks like today. You know, Amanda was sharing with me yesterday that Walmart has sold out of tops, but not of bottoms because we are all Zooming and Facebook messaging and doing all of those videos like I'm doing here with you. 
um, we're getting drive-by food. I know that parents are facing months of homeschooling. When they heard June 10th, I know lots of parents thought, what? I'm not going to make it to June 10th, trying to figure out how to homeschool these children and have them play with other children. How do I do that? You know, seniors are lonely. They're receiving meals um, by a knock on the door sometimes because of social distancing and because they're so vulnerable in their condition to the COVID virus. Singles are spending much more time alone and feeling the need for a company. I think we saw that by all the people going to the beaches and trying to get together. We all need relief. We all need an end on the horizon. So let's imagine for just a minute that as Jesus was coming down that rocky mountain through that valley of death, that he would be riding into our lives, not just in through the gate of Jerusalem, but riding into our lives. What would that look like if you are still quarantined in your house and you look out the window and there is Jesus riding down your street? What would you feel like? I understand why people would run out and lay down their coats, lay down their clothing, put down olive branches and palms and anything that would be in his way to surrender to him, to surrender and say, please help me. I don't know what to do. And to know that he does, that he does. I mean, today we don't have palms maybe in our houses, but we have dogwoods and cherry blossoms and daffodils, peonies, gardenias. We can throw those down on our road in our path to say, come Lord Jesus, be with us, ride into our lives. Christ comes to us in humility, but with the power of love to set us free from that fear factory. At least I have one in my brain, a little fear factory that just produces fear over and over again, saying, be afraid. That love and connection is not a superpower. Is God a deist God? Is he far away from us? Did he make us and leave us here to deal with us on our own? No, I don't believe that. That Christ has come to us. All of our creeds say that. The Emmanuel is with us. So I have one story that stuck with me this week that Lynn Gonzalez at church shared. And it's a beautiful story of surrender, the surrender that I feel that that is in this Palm, Palm Sunday story where people are just throwing their clothing down on the road and saying, Lord Jesus, come. And this is a story written by a man named Mert Aragul, who is um, in New York working in the medical professions. And I want to share his story as just one that maybe not a lot of us, I know our medical personnel have felt it to this level, but there is a, a poignant part of this that I think all of us are feeling. And here is what Mert has said. So this is his story. So today, in the middle of all the madness, there was a 100-year-old Hasidic lady with COVID pneumonia. And I was desperate to send her home so that she wouldn't die in the hospital. But she dropped her blood pressure. And we had to keep her. And then for an hour, her son kept calling me to find out how she was. And I finally told him, look, she's 100 years old with pneumonia in both lungs. She's not good. She is not doing well. 
And then he wanted to talk to her. And I said, I, I can't, you can't, I'm too busy. And then he called back 10 minutes later and I said, listen, sir, your mother is not conscious anymore. And he said, that's okay. It's very important that I do a prayer for her. Could you hold the speaker to her ear? I had 10 other pressing things to do, but I stopped what I was doing out of respect for this 100-year-old woman and put the cell on speakerphone and told him to talk. He started the prayer of the dead and he began to cry and could barely get the words out. And I saw that she had numbers tattooed on her arm. He was crying for his mother and praying the Shema the verses of unity, and it woke up some emotion in me that I had forgotten about. Time slowed down, and I felt restored to myself. When he was done, he thanked me and blessed me, and I said thank you to him. Jesus Christ is the restorer of your soul, restoring you to that long ago forgotten part of yourself that Psalm 23 talks about, that Mert talks about, the part we've forgotten, the part that is connected to something bigger than ourselves, the love of God, the love of Christ that will not leave us. Matthew 10, 31 tells us, even the hairs of your head are all counted, so do not be afraid. You are of more value than many sparrows, and God knows every sparrow. God came to us as the Christ to reassure us that he is not a deist God, remote and far away and uninvolved, but a living God who is with you in the valleys of your life, especially this valley. You know, may you experience a holy week as never before, as our collective surrender to Christ this Palm Sunday becomes real to us. As our scripture tells us, look, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey. Let us pray the prayer that our Bishop Susan Goff prayed this week for our clergy. Lord God, grant us wisdom, grant us courage, for the facing of this hour, God of grace and God of glory, on thy people pour thy power. Amen. May the peace of the Lord Christ be with you. Amen. <laughs>